Blog Talk Radio. Everyone, welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show with Laura Stinchfield, and I'm Ai Kusuhara. Hi, everybody. Welcome Hello. today. Welcome, everyone. We have another fun show this week um, with uh, we have a guest caller uh, later doing a animal rescue. And um, a lot of other fun calls coming in, and we already have questions going up um, in the chat room that you can find on blogtalkradio.com on the front page. You can, uh, I think it says live chat, and there's one called the Pet Psychic. So go over there and log in, and you can put your questions or comments or talk about the show while it's going on live. Uh, for more information about Laura, uh, the Pet Psychic, go to thepetpsychic.com. That's thepetpsychic.com. And uh, our guest call number is 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. If you happen to have the other toll-free number, which is 877-604-2372, Again, it's 877-604-2372. You're welcome to call that as well. Um, So let's start the show. What's going on with you, Laura? Oh, well, you know, I've decided to adopt Luca. So um, I have this new poodle, and he's like pretty much the, uh, I know we talked about him a little bit last time, but he's like the the, um, highlight of our our days. He's a wild little thing. It's, like, so amazing to, like, have to get used to a puppy in the house. And I've been, like, doing my phone consultations, and normally, like, I do do them at my home office. I have two offices, one at home and uh, one in town in Ojai. And I do all my phone consultations at home so that I can be around my animals. But it's, mm-hmm. like, a lot getting used to because... Luca will be like, I'll be on the phone doing a consultation, and Luca will be like running by and I'll grab like a magazine or something, or I'll try and like play with the cats. And so I'm like looking into doggy daycares to like <laughs> for our our little our little wild thing here. Yeah, well, for, it's been a while since you've had a puppy, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, it's been twelve years since Stormy was a puppy. Oh, my gosh. I know. I was telling Stormy, too, the other day. I was like, Stormy, remember, like, when you, when we lived in Cambria, we lived in this ocean community, and and I said, remember, when you were six months old, and that's how old Luca is now. And he was like, oh, my gosh, that's a long time ago. <laughs> and it was Stormy's birthday this past week, too. Oh, and- that's right. Yeah, we went to the ice cream parlor and Aww. the doggy ice cream parlor. We had fun. That's so cute. Happy yeah. birthday, Stormy. Yeah, Stormy, did you hear? They're saying happy birthday. What does he say? He says, I'm 12 years young. I thought we've been saying. I'm 12 <laughs> years young. That's cute. He said, so many people on Facebook said happy birthday to me. <laughs> well, of course. Of course. I read them all like the every everybody said happy birthday to him when I was reading them all to him. He was so happy. He was like on the bed wagging his tail on his birthday night. 
He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask also, uh, Bean, your bunny, I know last week we didn't get to it, but I had posted some uh, video clips on your Facebook, which were like agility bunnies. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to um, show Bean those videos and ask her what she thought of them. Right. So what I did was I, I went into her pen. She's got quite an extensive pen, and it has um, an ottoman in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I sat on the ottoman, and I said, Bean, I sent you this video, and we really need to, like, look at it and so you can tell everyone what you think. And so I, I brought her up on the ottoman with me, and I put her on my lap, and then I was, had the, my laptop, you know, facing her. Mm-hmm. And I played the video, and the first video was, you know, all these bunnies, like, launching over these obstacles, <laughs> like, high, and they were all different types of bunnies, and she was, like, glued to it. She was, like, staring at it, and I was like, Bean, so you can see the screen all right? And she was like, she's like, it's a little bit, there's, like, a little bit reflection, so I had to tilt it for her, and she was like, wow, she's like, they are really jumping high. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she's like, why are they doing that? <laughs> and I said, they, they do that for fun. And she's like, I don't think that my legs could launch me that high anymore. Which is funny because she used to climb the out of her cage. Mm-hmm. And then I said, she's like launched out of it so she could easily jump those jumps. And, um, <laughs> And I said, Bean, what am I going to – because I was, like, putting sheets over them and everything. And I'm like, Bean, what am I going to do to keep you in this pen? Because you can't be, like, jumping out of the pen all the time because she goes for, like, the electrical wires. And no matter – I could talk to her all day long, and she still would chew the electrical wires. So she's like, if I have that ottoman in my pen, I won't jump out anymore. So that's how we got the ottoman in the pen. <laughs> And she doesn't jump that out anymore. But I was like, Bean, remember, you used to be able to jump that high. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember. And then when it ended, she was like, she, like, jumped off the the ottoman, and she, like, ran in circles all around her cage. And then she, like, jumped back on the the ottoman and, like, kind of, like, skid into me. And she was like, play another one. This is what I had to find. <laughs> no, we actually watched it twice, and then I had to find other ones because she was like, "I want to see more." So then I, I played her one of like just the flashing pictures of them, yeah. and she was like amazed at like all the different bunnies that were there, and she was like, she was like, "They're on leashes," because I tried to put her on a leash once, and she totally freaked out. Right. And I said, "Yeah, this is what you could do. Do you want to do something like this?" And she was like. <laughs> No, but this is really cool to watch. She's like, no, that's weird. <laughs> she didn't like the idea of being on a leash. Oh, <laughs> oh she's so funny. Oh, my gosh, she's so cute. I mean, I can't even, like, I was, like, so, I was even shocked myself. Like, I know her, and I, I say that she's, like, the wisest bunny in the world, you know? But I was shocked that she was, like, so staring at the computer screen and, and that she ran off the ottoman and then ran back on and she was like <laughs> running around like watching them running made her run <laughs> so cute that's so cool if anyone's interested in seeing these video clips they're um on they were on your facebook page i'm sure they're still on your wall somewhere yeah they and, are they're on my wall 
Yeah, you can see them. They're really funny. They're these bunnies that are jumping around, you know, <laughs> doing like complete agility things. What do you yeah, they that? do like oxers where they jump water. It's amazing <laughs> what people do with their animals. I just, I so love it. And it's really interesting that the bunnies are, totally go along with it. They totally love it. You know, when when we were kids, I grew up on a farm called Rabbit Hill Farm in um, mm. the East Coast, and it was a hunter-jumper horse farm, but we had, um, I had a few rabbits. One I got at, an, at a school auction. I forged my parents' signature, <laughs> and I won this auction, and so we named him Forgery. He was like one. But we kept him in a hut outside, and, like, I would take him out maybe like once or twice a week and like let him run around the horse pastures with me. But I'd look back on it and it was so cruel. Like I had no idea that a hut is like not a good environment for a bunny. They need, it's like locking them in a bathroom, all right. like locking us in a bathroom all day long. Like they need a lot of exercise and, um, and, um, a lot of, a lot of stimulation. Right. I didn't I mean, know that about. Nice, yeah. A hut is nice if you can give them like a ramp to like a yard or you know playtime outside every day. Right, right, right. Um, I also had another question um, for you, actually. Um, do you think um, different animals have levels of like evolving or? Uh, maybe evolving sounds offensive to some animals, but I mean like. Are some animals able to communicate with humans better than other animals? Yeah, I definitely think that there are like different levels of consciousness. Mhm. Yeah, I believe that there are definitely animals with higher level of consciousness just like us. You know, we come back each life to learn and grow and to evolve, and the animals are the same way. Though it's really interesting to me like the animals that communicate more easily with me when I go into someone's home is um animals that people are used to that they're used to their people talking to them. So, like, if you talk to your animal uh, all the time and you say, you know, you tell them what you're doing for the day and that you're leaving the house and you're coming back at a certain time or you explain things that are going on, like you're going to the vet and you explain that you're going to the vet and, you know, whatever, the kids are having a birthday and you're explaining that the kids are going to have a, they're going to have a bunch of people over. Um, they the animals are definitely more conscious and easier to communicate. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know if those animals are more highly evolved, but they're definitely more easy, easy to communicate with. So for everyone listening, the more you communicate with your animals, the smarter they are and the more they listen. It's like us, like if we never went to school and we never had anything, anyone stimulating us or stimulating our minds, we wouldn't be as conscious. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And is it different from, let's say, you know, species, or it just depends on each and every animal? Well, I think it. Uh, it's. I think it's each and every animal because animals that are in the wild, like exotic animals in the wild. I think they can be highly conscious and evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're having communication with their species and then the environment. But exotic animals are in captivity and they're not having anyone talk to, they're more surprised or shocked or not as able to process information. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally makes sense. That's so interesting. Yeah, um, well, in our chat room, Sean asks, um, my dogs, uh, why why do they howl when I leave? I tell them not to. I videotaped them uh, one time when I left and saw that they did uh, do that. So then another time you went to the car and came back and uh, they were howling and barking. So, okay. So uh, I think Sean's dogs are two chihuahuas. Okay. And what do the chihuahuas look like? Uh, one is like a reddish-brown dog, okay. and the other okay. one is a white one with like a dark brown spots. Okay. I'm going to get in touch with the Sean's chihuahuas. A lot of the times we do it because Dad should take us with us, with him. <laughs> and it makes him come back. <laughs> and one of us is more fearful than the other. The white one is more fearful than the other. Okay. If Dad doesn't want us to howl, he should play drumming music. <laughs> I wonder why. Drumming music? Yeah, you would think that would make them more anxious. That's so interesting. We love drumming music. That's really interesting. Um, I know Sean. Sean's my friend. Um, but um, Does he like drumming music? He's a drummer, actually. Oh, he's a drummer. That's why. <laughs> but he hasn't been playing drums for a few years. And oh, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. And... That's, That's interesting. interesting. I mean, sometimes what they do to animals is they can pick up things in our minds. And mm-hmm. so, like, if there's a part of Sean that's, like, missing it or longing it or would, like, feel calmer himself if he was back playing, mm-hmm. they might pick that up and think that would help them also. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Like, a lot of times animals will say to me, like, my mom needs to write or my dad needs to start painting or you know, and and they're like people are like, oh my gosh, how did they know that? That you know, like I've always wanted to write and I haven't been doing it. That's cool. Or I used to paint and I I didn't have my dog when I painted. You know, it's like they know. Yeah, it's like their inner. It's like their inner voice. Yeah. That's cool. It is. It's so wow. neat. Uh, well, let's take some calls. Uh, we have Linda. Hi, Linda from Ventura. Hello? Hi. Hi, Linda. Hi. Just talk to you guys. Good to talk to you. Yeah, Yeah. I listen to your show all the time. Oh, great. Well, I decided to play hooky today so I could call in. Oh, how neat (laughs) is that? And actually, my friend is probably watching or listening right now and probably (laughs) laughing. But I wanted to call in, and I have three cats. And actually, you've met one of my cats before. Her name is Bella, and she's Savannah. She's a F6 um, generation Savannah, and we came to the Aloha. Oh, to Aloha. Okay. I would know you guys if I saw you. When I see the see you guys in person, I everything. You would. Yeah. You see a lot of people. But I have all my three cats here today, 
So who would you like to talk to? Let's pick one. Well, we're going to talk to Eli today. Okay, and what does and Eli look like? Eli is another Savannah. He okay. is an F2, second generation. And what does He's, Savannahs look like? What is that? What exactly is a Savannah cat? Well, they're a cross between an African serval and a oh. house cat. So they have oh. spots, the markings on the ears. Yes, I remember you guys now. Yes. Yeah. So he came, um, I've had him for about six months. And when he came in, Belly decided she was going to get very jealous. Oh. Yeah, so we're working through that right now. And she's been rebelling by peeing on everything. And (laughs) since then, I've gotten Eli neutered, so it's kind of calmed him down a little bit. But he's been doing a lot of... So what would you like to ask Eli? Well, I'd like to ask Eli if he would be kinder and and not try to pick on everybody so much. He tends okay. to want to be the the, you know, the boss and wants to to be in control. And, and he probably belly. doesn't know yet too about what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate. And so when you right. say pick when you say pick on Sam, what exactly is he doing? What exactly does that mean? He actually will bite and jump on oh. top of her and next thing you know they're fighting. Oh, but that's pretty rude. <laughs> yeah. So I think the question would really be, um, why are you doing that? And, okay. like, is it because you don't know how to communicate and you're wanting them to play and then you're um, you're jumping on them because you're frustrated that they're not playing back with you? Or is it because you really want to assert your dominance? Because if you know what the cause is, it's easier to to um, make it better and talk him into to what appropriate behavior is. So okay. let me get him and ask him exactly why he's jumping on the cat and biting them um, okay, hold on. Okay. I do it because him? I think <laughs> was that him? I, <laughs> I do it because I think they're not smart. <laughs> I say to them, "Come follow me," and they don't. <laughs> really? Sometimes I say to them, "I like you," and you need to come with me, and they don't. I want them to go under things with me. Hmm. Let me ask him why exactly he's... Does he go under things? He doesn't really go under things, but he likes to put his toys underneath things. Oh, so maybe he wants them to go get his toys? That could be. I just want them to come with me. So, Hmm. um... Uh, let me explain to him about that it's never appropriate to touch someone else's body and that the best way to talk to them is using his mind and to really think about what he wants to say to them, but also his body language, like his licking and yawning and blinking his eyes. Okay. He says he likes to show his teeth a little bit. Mm. Like, I like to tell these animals, too, like, that sort of, they think, 
um, similar to like like a young puppy or like a young animal that just like kind of, I mean, he just got neutered, so he kind of has like a little bit of a sassy attitude. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's really important to to explain to them that they might think they know it all, but really they don't. And that in order for them to be very intelligent, they need to stop and take a breath and lick and yawn and think about their behavior and see what kind of be is how their behavior is affecting others because really in with when they're living in a household with other animals it sh- everyone should be living in harmony and if he's creating something that's not harmony then he can't possibly be feeling good inside right right and i i think that's it is he's he's feeling like he's not fitting in or or that everybody's not really paying attention to him and i think it's frustrating for him maybe that's that's yeah and maybe they're not paying and what they're doing is they're turning their head away from him and um and so they're not really ignoring him they're really just saying um hey you got need to calm down (laughs) exactly That, that makes a lot of oh. sense because Belly likes to be independent and be by herself. Bella says the best thing to do is to put him in, the, in another room for a little while. I do that. I do time out. <laughs> we need a break from him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I hope that helps, Linda. Yes, it does. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank Thanks you. Thanks for calling so in, Linda. All right, thank you. Bye. <laughs> so, our next so caller is uh, Barbara from Corona. Barbara? Yes. Hey, you're on. Hey, I have a question. Um, I think Annabelle talked to you last week about the standard poodles. Yes, yes, she did. Yeah, I wasn't able to get in, so I was just kind of curious, like, if you could get anything from Sage. From Sage, and which one is Sage? Is Sage the, the um, standard poodle that's in um, San Diego? No, she's in she's in Paris. Oh no, no, she didn't. Uh, who who is that? Tell me exactly who Sage is. Um, I have two standard poodles, well three, um, a male and two females, Sage and Simone. Okay. And Sage had puppies um, on June second. Okay. And then, and what does Sage look like? She's black center poodle. Okay. She no longer has puppies. Oh, what happened? Um, on the eighth, uh, my son called me up. He was at home, and he said that three of the puppies were gone. One was ripped in half, and one was dead. Oh my God! What do you mean three puppies were gone? Oh, three puppies gone, totally gone. He went out and looked, and. You couldn't even find them? No, couldn't even find them. Like they were taken by wild animals or by people or? No, nobody could get to the backyard and she was in a kennel. And oh, she was nope. in a kennel? Uh, she was in a kennel and I had one of those uh, plastic kitty pools in there for the puppies and her. Uh-huh. And okay, she... and was it her first litter? No. And first so litter she... Was... It was her first letter with me. Oh, so do you know, has she ever, Did you, are you worried that maybe Sage did something to them? Yeah. Because nobody else got in there, could have gotten in there, and 
she was very protective, not mean, but like when I when she had him and I went in there, she um, I moved her from a, another kennel into the one when they disappeared and went whatever. But uh, she was very protective. She would like if I went over to look at the puppies, she would get between the puppies and I, and oh. if I picked them up. She would like put her head over them and lick them. Like, oh, they're okay. What are you doing to them? You know. Oh, okay. Let's talk to Sage and find out what happened to her puppies. That would be awesome. Thank you. Okay, hold on. She said another dog got in there and ripped them open and then took them away. It wasn't me. It was another dog. Mm. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. It was like a big dog with a black head. Now, is that something that's possible? Um, No. Because what I wonder if something happened where something happened to her and she sort of lost herself and she disassociated herself from it, and maybe she did it, and she's she's saying that like sometimes if sometimes animals when they have like this an aggressive um something something very traumatic happens to them and they're being aggressive, they sort of project an image outside themselves and says that it was something else that did it, but really yeah. it was them. Now, when my son went back to, because I told him, you have got to go back and look again. Look under the swimming pool, you know, um, because I maybe they, she took him out of the, the pool, you know, and put him under something. Um, and when he went back out there, he said that she had one in her mouth. Mm. She says, I didn't do it. Somebody took them away. Okay. So that's probably what she's thinking. Yeah. Let me no. tell her that we think that she did it. Okay. I did it. Has nothing to do with my mind hurting me. What did she say? She said, "If I do it, it had nothing to do with my mind hurting me." It had nothing to do with a zapping down my back. What was that? It's possible that maybe um the only thing had do you know did she has she ever had a shot collar on her? Not that I know of. And she's like she's an awesome girl. She because like wants to be it, right by but, yeah, it reminds me of the same feeling that some of the animals talk about after they've had like um had like a shock collar on them. Sometimes they feel like the zapping feeling that goes in their mind and down their back. Mm-hmm. And um, but that it, I've also heard that from like an animal that's had like a type of seizure. Uh huh. Do you know? Yeah. You probably hadn't vaccinated her recently, right? Because she had the puppies, she wouldn't have yeah. had. Mm-mm. Yeah, and she was in uh, the kennel next to her with the, I had all three of them together in a, in a very large kennel. And then after I had the puppy's tails and dew claws done is when I had got I had gotten the swimming pool the night before because I didn't want them on the ground. Right. So got, and then we moved them, her and the puppies, 
the next day into the swimming pool, the seventh. That that evening. She she keeps saying she didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, she looks because and she's saying somebody took them away. Were they small enough for her to eat? Yeah. They were six days old. Oh. Yeah. And then when my son came out and see seen her like nine on half of one. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. She, I mean, she really, I haven't had her a whole long time, but she does not seem like the type that would do that. Yeah, know? well, what can happen, I mean, after their hormones, I mean, I'm not a vet, I, I can't really say, like, medically what goes on, but I know that after they have babies that their hormones do shift, and it's very possible that she had some, I don't, I don't, wouldn't necessarily call it a seizure, but something that kind of triggered an aggressive, um, aggressive thing in her mind, and she could do that and disassociate herself from it, right. and then, and she, then go back to being, to being calm again. Yeah. I mean, but she... She has, like, this image of, like, this big dog taking the animals away. Uh-huh. And what color dog was it, or was it? She um, said it was what? He was, like, a gray color and white on his chest. Yeah, because the, the kennel that they're in is, like, the really top-notch kennels. Right. Huh. Oh, that's sad for you guys. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. Yeah, I'll let her out. She's like running over to the kennel right next door. You know, like it's like it's almost like because they're attached. But when I let her out of the kennel, let them out, she runs to the opposite side of the kennel that she was in with the puppies last. Almost like it's like a different world away. You know, or it's set far away. She's not acknowledging that they're. Attached. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Huh. I think the best thing to do is just to keep telling her about what you think happened. Like yeah. tell her, you know, because you want her to have awareness and you want that stuff to come up for her. And then it mm-hmm. also pull some blood on her and see if the vets can, to see if something medically is going on with her. Because it's right. possible too that there's something medically going on with her, and and um, the body triggered some natural instinct to take care of the puppies, you know, right. because they wouldn't survive or something. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's but I'd pull some blood on her and see if she's okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good luck, yeah, Barbara. Sorry that happened to you guys. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Happen again, you know, if okay. there's even a chance, I don't. But, all right, okay. thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Oh. That's so sad. It is so sad. It's so um, sad. And it's so sad because Sage is, like, distraught over it. She feels like her puppies just disappeared. So she, like, totally went into an unconscious. Mm-hmm. Sad. I know in our chat room... Uh, seer of the soul says um, that she thinks she ate them and she didn't yeah. want to think something could have been wrong with the puppies. Yeah, something could have been wrong with the puppies. Yeah, yeah. Or, or with she, her, like you said. Yeah, or she could have been in so much stress if they had just moved her to a new situation. Maybe that threw her hormones off and she was in stress and she felt like her puppies were going to be stressed. Yeah, I mean, there could have been a lot of reasons. That's so sad and scary. 
It is. It's scary. Uh, we have uh, Cricket on the line from Salt Lake City. Cricket? Hi, how you doing? Hi, Hi. Cricket. Hi, Horatio the Pug Dog is here waiting to talk to you. Oh. <laughs> and he is a little black pug dog with a little bit of gray on his chin. Oh. And he is the cutest thing. About six weeks ago, uh, he woke up and his, his back hurt and he couldn't walk with his back legs. We took him straight into emergency. And then a couple of days later, his neck went out and his front end wasn't working. And it was... You know, really, really, he was in a lot of pain, and we were in the doctors a lot and doing acupuncture. And, and it's been almost six weeks, and he's he's moving pretty well now. He's acting like himself again. And he's still in recovery, but I'd like to know um, how much pain he's still in and what else I can do for him. Okay, let me get Horatio. He said that he was listening to the last caller, and he knows that same feeling in the brain because he has a pain there too. Mm. But I think it's a little bit different than stages. Mm-hmm. That, that, but I think he has pain in his neck that's kind of stemming up towards his, his um, head. Right. And I want to tell you that dog definitely ate the puppies. Oh, goodness. I know a lot about this because I'm a good listener. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> Cute. I'll tell you something about my pain. Sometimes my feet get numb. Hmm. Let me ask him which ones. Mostly my back ones. They, like, tickle me. Hmm. I think what I need is like that laser thing. Did they do a laser treatment on him? Not yet. We've done acupuncture and we've done Jinshin Jitsu and medication. We haven't done laser. Were you? Have you thought about doing laser? Um, I don't know. Okay, hold on. Yeah, it's that hot laser thing. I don't know if lasers give off heat. So sometimes when they say things like that, like they want, like the laser, it could be possible that they were like around somebody, like he was like around a vet or a person, and they thought, oh, maybe a laser would be good for him. Yeah. And then he thought, oh, that might be great. Mm-hmm. What so about we, um, those acupuncture things where they heat, uh, they attach like electricity to it? Have you seen that? Oh, yeah, I have seen that. Did, is that the kind that you used with him? No, he's just doing the regular traditional. The needles, yeah. Okay. No, I thought I saw more of, like, the heat from the mm-hmm. laser, or for the light, you know? Mm. I love rolling massages. Oh, all right. Do you know what that is? Um, I can, well, we've been doing lots of different types of massage. Yeah, and he's so also it's also been getting jinshin jitsu as well. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it looks like you're rolling the skin down his back. Okay, yeah. Mhm. 
I like to eat fresh foods. Yes, he does have his raw meat diet. (laughs) (laughs) He's so cute. He says when you pick him up, don't push on his back so much. Okay. Do you know what he's talking about? I think so. Okay. Mom and I need to have more wisdom talks. Uh oh, okay. <laughs> Are you, what would wisdom talks be? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> well, even more, so you must be having them already. I guess so. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so funny. I love how he was listening to stuff on stage. He was like mortified. See, he sounds like a dog that is very um, more communicative than most other dogs, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because he's listening to the, he's listening to like the radio show, you know? But sometimes, (laughs) sometimes they can listen to it like through me, they can pick up what I'm saying, but then also it can filter through their people. So um, he could have been listening to you listening to it. I think he was because I've got you on the phone. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Psychically listening. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye, Horatio. Feel better. He's in good spirits. That's the good thing. I know. He sounds like it. (laughs) (laughs) He sounds like such a sweetheart. And it sounds like Cricket takes good care of him. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, next caller is, sorry, keep um, pushing the wrong button, sorry, uh, Chris from San Diego. Chris? Yes. You there? How are you doing? Hi. Hi, Chris. Hey, Laura. Hey, I wanted to call and give you uh, an update on Sultan. Oh, okay, great. Um, that and, Dark and Fate Peruvian. Yeah, Sultan's the the Peruvian who last time we spoke to him, he was uh frightened of the of the mule, right? The donkey, yeah. The donkey. He was frightened of the donkey and he wanted um Chris to walk with him and the donkey, not just put them free together. Right. And the donkey ended up going home before oh. we could do that. Okay. But but, but what happened was is we put him out with other horses, um, a couple of Mustangs that he'd been out with before, and there was one um, red and white Mustang that he just, I think, was unsure of how to communicate with mm-hmm. um, because he would, he would you know, kind of back try to back into him, would try to run, and that, you know, that kind of didn't get the playground bully, so to speak, off his back. Um, Who would so back into put, Sultan would back into the Mustang? Yeah, he would just kind of like back up and, he, you know, he wouldn't kick, he wouldn't pin the ears or anything like that. Right. He's just trying to figure out how to, you know, get him off. And so this last week, he actually used his horsey communication skills that we talked about um, in in the you know, snake his head around, but actually kicked at him a few times. And when we put them out together again the other day, 
he did the same thing, and the Mustang, it looks like, is starting to get the message because he's leaving him alone. Oh, okay. So, Sultan kicked? Sultan kicked, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And so so you feel like that's appropriate because the Mustang was bothering Sultan? I think so. I'm, I'm curious about that because I've put the, him out with these two Mustangs before, and he gets along with um, the one dark brown one, uh, right. Kunka. But it's but not, not vis- sure. is it visible that the Mustang is bothering him? Because Mustangs usually yeah. have, it is. It, it seems to me, I mean, I'm just curious because he doesn't, like he'll play with the other one sometimes, but, you know, when we get the three of them out together, it doesn't seem like he wants to play with this one so much. Okay, he doesn't want to play with Sultan so much, do you mean? Sorry, I'm, I'm getting yeah. confused about Sultan. mixing all the three. The three Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, no, it doesn't seem like Sultan cares too much for little one, the Mustang. Right. The red and white Mustang. Okay, and you want to ask him why? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's appropriate for him to kick. I don't know what the the little Mustang was doing, you know? So, well, um, he he would kind of like push him around. Oh, lot. okay. Okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. He's mean to me. He says he doesn't want me out there. He says he thinks I should be out with another horse. I tried to kick him because I didn't want him bothering me anymore. I'm not really sure it worked. I think maybe he wanted to play at first because he grabbed my mane. I'm a little scared, but not really. I think it's difficult to talk to animals when you don't know if you should use your head or your body. Sometimes their body and head say different things. And so that they could either be saying different things or he's just reading them differently. Mhm. Sometimes he has one ear pointing at me and he's staring at me. I don't know what that means in horse language. Hmm. But staring is probably not good. But I don't know one ear pointing at him. I don't know what that means. Well, usually one ear going one way, one ear the other is meaning means usually means that they're listening and but they're paying, paying attention, attention, maybe in two different yeah. directions. Yeah, I heard stuff. sometimes too they'll point an ear, they'll point an ear in the direction that they want the whole herd to go. Mhm. But I don't know if that's one ear or both ears. I think we should keep doing it, but I want another friend out there. That's interesting that he wants to add another, like he's already having problems communicating and he wants to add another one. Like a mini one. I wonder if that's the donkey. It's not a donkey, it's more like a horse. 
are there are there are there miniature horses there? Yeah, there's there's two that that did share the pen with the donkey, or the donkey oh, shared the pen with them. Oh, that's what he's saying. He's saying that he wants them in there now, or one of them in there now. Huh. So, I need to learn this, he says. <laughs> so I think it's just about, um, like, watching him and watching his behavior and getting to learn about what he's all about and talking to him about what the other horses, what it looks like the other horses are saying. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I wonder if I that's would, why he didn't want to come out of the pen the last two days. Yeah, I mean, he's he likes the fact that he's learning, so that's good, mm-hmm. you know? And he's taking everything slowly, so that that's really wonderful. It looks like he's coming along. That's great you put him out with, with some horses. Well, you know, the donkey thing, I think, kind of made that very clear to me that he really doesn't know how to communicate really well. I mean, he was with a herd of horses in somebody's backyard with a bunch of rusted junk. Oh, and maybe, yeah, and maybe sometimes when we have animals and we have them with, like, a pack of dogs or a herd of horses or a pride of cats, and then we put them with other animals, we think that they should have good social skills, but if they haven't met anyone outside their herd or pack or pride, then they may not have good social skills. I mean, they have a great foundation, but not of meeting new ones and making new friends. So um, so I think it's great he's making new friends. That's great. Thanks for calling in, Chris, and giving us yeah, an update. Thanks for calling. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah, I mean, at least it sounds like he's, you know, wanting to help himself. Yeah, and last time he was so scared. Remember last time we spoke to him, mm-hmm. he was really... Scared of a donkey. <laughs> well, we got our guest caller, um, Philip, calling in. Hi, Philip. Hi, how are you? Hi, Philip. Thank How's you so calling? much for calling in. You're welcome. Happy to call. <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> tell us about your, uh, why are you calling and who are like- we meeting today? Yeah, and what your rescue is all about. Like, what do you do? Because I I spoke to Nancy Stone, and she was saying she just raved about you and all you do for rescue, and so we would love to hear a little bit more about what you do. Sure. Um, Currently, I'm on the board of the the Heigl Foundation as well as on the um, Los Angeles uh, County um, Animal Care Foundation. And, you know, with both groups, I mean, the purpose is essentially to try and address the pet overpopulation crisis in Los Angeles. A lot of people may or may not know about, you know, the dire situation and, frankly, nationwide. I mean, we're still euthanizing, you know, over five, six million cats and dogs per year. And there are many simple ways that if uh, the majority of people were to take an interest, they could simply, you know, just uh, make sure to adopt from a rescue or from a shelter instead of buying from, you know, a pet store that, that where the animals are supplied from, you know, puppy mills or um, to donate to their local shelter to also kind of get educated about the issue so they can speak to other people and inform them of, of uh, you know, what's happening in, in our cities. Um, and just really simply, I mean, the most, the simplest way is to just make sure that everyone spay, spay, you know, spay or neuters their, their pet. And there are a lot of um, easy ways and free ways to make sure that uh, people get that done. And that just uh, by itself will help reduce the number of, uh, you know, homeless pets. 
That's great. That's uh, really uh, important work. And so what exactly is the foundations that what exactly do the the Heigl Foundation did you say? Yeah. What what exactly is that foundation? I haven't heard about it before. Well, the Heigl Foundation actually was started by um Catherine Heigl, the um the actress and her mom uh mm-hmm. in honor of uh of uh, Catherine's brother um who passed away years ago and uh and you know, primarily the foundation just essentially allocates funds to local uh, spay-neuter programs through the city or county um, programs or even independent third-party um, animal welfare groups who implement these kinds of spay-neuter programs through mobile mobile clinics or whatever. Mm-hmm. They also help support kind of reallocating, in, you know, essentially available pets from local shelters to uh, other destinations where there's a high need um, for small small dogs, for example. I mean, we have in Los Angeles and we're overrun by, you know, chihuahuas, and but there are other places in the country where there's actually um a need for small dogs where people can adopt these pets so instead of um unnecessarily euthanizing them in our local shelters we try and make arrangements where we can get these dogs to other other locations where there would be people waiting to adopt them oh why, why chihuahuas here um that's a complicated question in that i mean part of the chihuahua problem has come about from uh, uh various movies where uh, it's kind of the fad element. There's also kind of a socioeconomic element in Los Angeles, particularly where people just don't um, spay and neuter these little dogs, and they they don't realize, you know, they they escape from yards and they go and you know they they come back and all of a sudden yeah. uh, a month later you have you know seven new chihuahuas, and right. uh, you know, and and they are cute, but chihuahuas have big personalities, and people don't just kind of take the time to just do very basic things: exercise their pet, make sure their dogs are, you know, vaccinated, or um, you know, and just take the really basic things that anyone would imagine you would have to do to um, have like a more of an obedient pet. And people end up relinquishing them to the shelters. So, mm. right. What, what are the... some of the? Um... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Laura. No, no, I was just going to ask him for the website of uh, that foundation, the Heigl Foundation. Yeah, the Heigl Heigl Foundation is at um, jdhf.org because it's the Jason Daboo Heigl Foundation. And uh, to get to the L.A. Animal Care Foundation website, um, I think you can actually just go through uh, L.A. I think it's L.A. County animal services and that also will redirect you i think to to the website in fact while we're talking i'm going to make sure that i'm giving you the right websites yeah and i was wondering um are there some shelters or animal shelters in los angeles that are higher kill shelters than others that you know of yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the, for example, in, in L.A. City, there uh, there's the East Valley Shelter that services a very large area. Um, again, because of its location, um, it, it has an incredibly high intake uh, number of animals being relinquished to that shelter, unfortunately. Uh, South L.A. Shelter also with City um, is similar. In the county um, system, the Lancaster Shelter is, uh, again, situated in a pretty um, challenging location. Uh, Baldwin Park, although Baldwin Park has made significant uh, strides in recent years, primarily because of the shelter manager who operates that facility. His name's Lance Hunter. He's an amazing man, and that's another thing that's very um, important in this whole process is 
to everyone has to kind of work together, um, right. shelter manager down. And so they've made significant improvements and shown that it's very possible to even take a shelter that uh, has previously, you know, had very challenging times as far as the number of animals they euthanize and change it around. Um, so those two, I think, would um, also be ones that are um, still in, in need of help. And what can people do to, to help them? Um, very basic things from actually going and volunteering to because a lot of these dogs that sit in kennels don't ever get out because they just don't have the the staffing to do it um you know they can take an interest and if kids are in school or whatever kind of make it known to their teachers that this is something they'd like to be involved with there are a lot of schools that now participate with volunteering activities um really importantly obviously make sure that uh, anyone that they know of that's looking for a pet adopts either from a local rescue because when you adopt from a rescue that rescue then goes and takes dogs out of the shelter so um, right. it's essentially the same thing whether you go directly to the shelter which i highly encourage obviously um, because you also get exposed to what's happening and it kind of lights a fire in you that you should be compassionate about what's happening it's just kind of a um, it's that that's the element of awakening compassion in people and once they have the information and knowledge then they re you really can't sit by where all these innocent animals are just kind of um, sitting there alone and then being put down. So um, th that's kind of the most basic thing people can do is, uh, is become interested and learn and go on the websites and read and see what's happening at these places and how they can help. There's multiple adoption events in the city, um, you know, performed by various groups. Uh, there's one every two weeks at Pan Pacific Park in, in Hollywood. And, uh, you know, people can go by there and get, get information and get involved. Um, so there are lots of ways. Great. And so um, we're going to talk to Sadie, too, is one of the, the dogs that you sent me a picture of. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about Sadie? Yeah, Sadie and her friend, it's the cutest thing, her friend, um, uh, uh, I know, Radar, um, who's actually partially <laughs> blind, they, were, they came out of one of the city shelters, and um, Sadie essentially operated as Radar's big sister, and she followed oh, wow. her everywhere. So this uh, this um, rescuers Aaron and Rennell, uh took both these dogs and saved them, which was fantastic. And they were under uh, Animal Advocates Alliance, which is another great local group, and they do a lot of good work. Um, and um, so Radar got adopted to a fantastic home recently. Oh, I was wow. actually there when she was placed. But um, Sadie, who also goes, goes by the name of Peaches, is still looking for a home, and, uh, you know, she's in boarding currently. Fortunately, it's cage-free boarding, uh, boarding, so she's free and walking around with other dogs all day. She's dog-friendly. She's absolutely one of the most loving dogs you will come across. Very sweet. Um, she's like a big girl, but uh, she's... And she's she, a pity, right? She, yeah, she's, she's a staff. She's a staffy mix. Yeah. I mean, and they'll, I mean, all the pity staffies—they're all mixes because they've been mm. crossbred so many times over. So, yeah, um, she has a beautiful smile and beautiful eyes. Yeah, and, and she'll so, immediately go on her back and wait for like a belly rub. She's oh. she's a real doll. So, and, and she so looks, I've, she's looking for a home. Yeah, she's looking for a home, and you can find her at animaladvocatesalliance.org. Um, and uh, she'll also be posted on my website, thepetpsychic.com, and on my Facebook page, which is Laura Stinchfield. Um, and you wrote some questions that you wanted to ask, ask Sadie or Peaches. And one of them was, what do you think is causing the pet overpopulation crisis in Los Angeles? 
And so I told her to get ready to answer, and she said that she's already been ready. So I think maybe she might have tuned in to you telepathically. Yeah, I so, figured. Yeah, <laughs> so let's see what you have to say about that. That she thinks that some humans are unkind to animals, and they don't really care if they get fed. Some some humans are scared of animals, so they let them go when when other humans die. And some people are mean to animals and kick them and yell at them and don't care if you if they live somewhere else. When she said that, she sort of gave me an image of, like, the homeless dogs, like, living in the shadows. She's talking mostly about strays. Was she, was she ever a stray? I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised because she has yeah. some uh, characteristics of having been astray. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'd like to say that I would make someone a really good dog. I'm kind to old people. I like children. I make people smile. I get sad when you get sad, but then I'll make you happy. And then I want everyone to know that dogs need homes and they should look for us. That's so sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I know. Uh, well, we're running out of time, and I just want to get the information out about her. So you can find Sadie at AnimalAdvocatesAlliance.org. And, uh, Philip, what was uh, the Heigl uh, Foundation's uh, website again? It's actually Jason Heigl, H-E-I-J, sorry, H-E-I-G-L Foundation.org. Right. And I'll post that on my website as well. Yeah. So we'll have some uh, all info on thepetpsychic.com. You can get pictures of Sadie, find out more about the Animal Advocates Alliance, and more about what uh, Philip does. And thank you so much for everything that you do. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Philip. And if people don't listen to me, they should listen to what Sadie said. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to Sadie and ask Sadie what is she, who is she looking for? She said, tell Philip that he's like a god angel for so many of us. I really would like Philip. (laughs) But I know he's busy. (laughs) Thank you guys very much. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Well, we are running out of time again, (laughs) Uh, but join us next week, uh, every Thursday, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, here on blogtalkradio.com, and check out Laura on thepetpsychic.com, thepetpsychic.com, and I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a great week, everyone. 
Have a great week. Call us back. Sorry we didn't get to you all. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.